Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and coming to you with the first episode of The Fantasy Show. So we're going to do three different types of shows in this particular scenario. This week, we're going to be doing The Fantasy Show. Uh, We're also going to have shows where we cover games coming up, and then we wrap up things from the week prior. So that'll be uh, week side Wednesdays where we kind of wrap up the games. We tell you what's going on. Uh, Turf Talk Thursdays. That's going to be where we discuss the upcoming games and I'll even give you the fantasy coverage for that Thursday night game. And then we'll have Fantasy Football Fridays. That's where I discuss the whole weekend. I give you the do's, don'ts, and try to give you some advice as you get into what's going to go on for your fantasy football week. But this is the first show, so what we're going to do is the rankings. We're going to go, and we're just going to try to give you some advice for your draft strategy for those of you who have waited to actually put your draft into uh, its proper place, because up until this week, heck, you might have chosen a running back who ended up being out for the remainder of the year if you drafted too early, so you try to wait as long as feasibly possible. So that's what I'm going to try to give you on this show. It's basically just some advice, some draft strategy, and also my preseason rankings, Uh, based on what we know about things. Today I'm recording. It is Thursday, August 26th. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the show. So let's start with a position that everyone wants, everyone covets, teams quote-unquote tank for, and that's the quarterback position. So there's 32 teams, but that does not mean that there's 32 quarterbacks that are worth drafting in this upcoming draft. So Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in tiers. Each position is going to have five tiers. So with these quarterbacks, I'm going to explain what the tiers are specific to each position because they do differ a little bit. Um, Quarterbacks, again, it's more limited. There's only one quarterback starting for each team. So there's only one guy to go to that we can actually rank. In some positions, we may do two or three even, depending on that team's depth. So quarterback position here's how we're going to do it the tiers are as follows so tier one is going to be that guy who is probably going to be your stalwart he's probably going to carry your team and has a really good chance of being the overall qb1 when the season ends tier two this is going to be a guy that also assists your team heavily i don't think they have a real opportunity to be qb1 just because of some limitations whether it's scheme on offense prior injury or just that they don't really run the ball because that's a big component to fantasy football. Tier three, these are going to be your guys that I think you can win your league with as your starting quarterback, but I wouldn't say they will carry your team necessarily due to whatever situation is involved with them. Tier four, these are guys that are going to be more flyers or they're going to be your bottom side you can still win your league if you have a powerful team everywhere else but in general i don't think they'll be carrying your team uh to a championship and then there's tier five these are the guys that unless you're playing in a two quarterback league or you have a situation where you really really need a weak filler for a bye week these are the guys you may turn to but in general i don't think they have the upside to actually get you going so without further ado we're going to do the quarterback rankings number one overall and the guy that we look for It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has been QB1 since he stepped on the field. He's been the best quarterback in the league and a guy who, for those analytics guys who really want stuff on the field, he's averaged about an 80 total QBR, which is excellent over his first three years of starting. So that's going to be Patrick Mahomes at number one. My number two guy might surprise a little bit. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. Think about it like this. When you look at the rushing floor, this guy is averaging about 1,000 yards rushing per season and now we get a 17th game so that's your floor right his low as a starter for a full season is 26 touchdown passes i expect that to go up not just because of the 17th game but also because of the additions on the exterior of that offense that receiver position and at the end of the day his worst is probably better than some guys best to be candid uh, he's not going to let you down with really bust weeks. So I think he's just going to improve over last year. My number three guy is going to be Josh Allen. A little regression, but at the same point in time, he still carries the water for that entire Bills offense. He's the passer, clearly, but he's also the, probably their most threatening running back option when they get near the goal line or just in general. My number four guy, 
They're probably going to let this guy finally cook. I know he had a really poor ending to the 2020 season, but I think he'll get back to good with some of the additions. And that's Russell Wilson. He is a guy who can probably win your league. Kyler Murray is going to come in at fifth and finish out the tier one guys. He's a guy who's only going to expand. That offense is built specifically for him. So that's going to be where you want to go with guys that will carry your team. Again, remember, this is tier one. These are guys that can win you your league. I think they can be the number one overall quarterback once everything is done. Um, And these are guys that you're probably going to have to reach for. Again, those tier one guys, they're probably going to go, depending on your league size, in the third to fourth round, maybe even fifth. Um, If you're doing a 10-team league, they might go a little bit later than that. So it just kind of depends on what your league structure is and also you know, how people in your league draft. So if you're familiar with your league, you want to just kind of give those guys a look as a guy who can carry your team. Uh, The next few guys, so number six is going to be Dak Prescott. Part of my concern here as to why he's not in tier one is just what do they do with the injury concerns? Do they try to scale back some of his throwing? Uh, Is his running ability scaled back a little bit? We don't know. And they might lean a little more on the run game this year than they did last year. Again, injuries last year derailed what looked like a historic season. My number seven guy is Justin Herbert. You know, he didn't run too much last year, but he does have that ability. Big arm, and I think in general, this team will probably have to pass the ball more than one would think. I don't expect this defense to be as excellent as, let's say, the Rams defense. They have their coach that came over from the Rams. So we're going to get into a situation where I think Herbert will give you an opportunity where he's probably going to have some really excellent weeks, but he's still young. And I don't think that he's in that upper echelon yet. Number eight is Ryan Tannehill. Listen, Ryan Tannehill is one of those high floor, lower than elite ceilings, but Tannehill keeps you in a band of guys that can win you leagues because he's consistently doing the thing that offense is designed to help him be at worst a top 10 quarterback weekly. My number nine guys, Tom Brady. The offense is designed to throw the ball. That's what Bruce Arians and company want to do. Tom Brady's going to throw the ball around the yard. The unfortunate is he doesn't add any value with his legs other than maybe the occasional quarterback sneak for a touchdown. And then rounding out tier two is my number 10 ranked guy in Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be your guy that you really want to think about as will he have that MVP type season again? Probably not. But when they get near the goal line, they'll probably be throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. That's going to inflate those touchdown numbers and give you the opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to have weekly top 10 finishes, if not top five. So my tier three guys, again, these are guys that I think you can still win your league with, but there are some question marks concerning these particular guys. Jalen Hurts is my number 11 guy. It's not Jalen Hurts. It's how things will be handled there. We still don't have a hold on how uh, Sirianni is going to really run that offense yet. So I have confidence in Jalen Hurts as a player, but I don't have confidence in how that offense is going to flow and whether or not he'll score enough points to really truly be a dependable guy week in and week out. And again, that's more on the scheme not being set yet than it is on Hurts himself. My number 12 guy is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a guy who honestly does not have the highest of ceilings, but based on the fact that they have stellar outside receivers, an amazing running back in the backfield, and an up-and-coming tight end uh, in Herb Smith Jr., I think that he has a chance to put up some solid numbers. Again, he won't tank you a week, but he also won't win you a week based on the scheme there and them not wanting to throw the ball much. Justin Fields is going to be my next guy up. Listen, Fields' issue isn't Fields himself. What's going to happen is these rankings, which are based off season-long points, Fields will probably be in a position where, A, he's not starting the season early. B, once he does start, they'll probably scale some of the stuff back and most of his value will come from his legs. And C, his passing. While his passing, I think, is stellar, I think with that Chicago win and that Chicago defense, they won't have to do it as much. So he won't put up amazing numbers. He'll probably have some really great weeks once he becomes a starter. But consistently, I think that offense will be limited as far as how many fantasy points it will put up. So, Fields will be my number 13 guy. My number 14 guy, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. So, Matt Stafford is in an offense that should be productive. He doesn't offer you much in the form of running or with his legs, but with those two wide receivers and a pretty solid scheme from Sean McVay, I can have confidence that Matt Stafford will put up numbers that will keep you with a high floor, 
but the ceiling on Matt Stafford is not too high given the conditions that uh, exist with him. Again, not being much of a runner uh, as it sits. So then my tier four guys here, again, these are guys that are flyers. They can probably win you a week, but I don't have confidence that they can get into the upper echelon, that top five, either based on some of their limitations or again, their position uh, with the team. So Trevor Lawrence is my number 15 quarterback. He's going to be the QB one in a system where they're going to try their best to showcase Trevor Lawrence. But with that offensive line not being that great yet or having gelled yet with them not having schematic setups, I don't know what's going to happen in particular with how uh, how often he'll be able to really exhibit his thing and get in the end zone. So that's why Trevor Lawrence is 15 here. Joe Burrow's 16. Still coming back from the injury, so his rushing game will be suppressed, even though that is a contributor to his fantasy value. He still has excellent receivers, but I still don't fully trust that coaching staff. And again, he's coming back from an injury. Otherwise, Joe Burrow could be much higher on this list. 17 is Ryan Fitzpatrick. YOLO Fitzpatrick. Again, this is more about fantasy numbers. And in this offense, they're going to try to put up fantasy numbers with them to prove points. I think that that can win you some weeks. You might also lose you some weeks because we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick be both Fitzmagic and Fitztragic. So that's why he's number 17. Number 18, Matt Ryan. I feel like he's just capped, right? Matt Ryan's not going to be QB1 in probably any week this upcoming season. He hasn't done that in a while. But Matt Ryan is in a in an offense that's probably going to be predicated off of both play action and the passing game, considering that they might be down more often. So he'll be able to get you some value. Number 19 is Derek Carr. Derek Carr will be in a scenario that's fairly similar. That Raiders defense has not been great. And I know they want to do the ground and pound as much as possible, but Derek Carr still gets the opportunity to throw some deep shots. He has some speedy receivers. And I think that he can put up solid fantasy numbers for you. Not excellent, but solid. Number 20 is Jameis Winston. Now, this one is interesting to me because he has the largest range of outcomes. I think part of his issue as to why he's 20 on my list is the suppression of having, excuse me, the suppression of having a quarterback scenario where they don't want Jameis to just spray the ball around. I have to see it before I believe it. It's less him as a talent than it is Sean Payton wanting to rein it back and keep his offense where he needs it. Number 21, and this is subject to change, but at the current moment, here's what I know. I know Cam Newton is an excellent fantasy quarterback. I know Cam Newton is a doggone good, real NFL quarterback. Problem is, with what happened with his situation with the testing and the affinity for Mac Jones that seems to exist in the stratosphere, I can't put confidence in. If Cam Newton is the true starter, Cam Newton is that guy that you can probably put into tier two even, but we don't know that yet. So I have to kind of hedge my bets and put him at 21. I wouldn't put my season on it, but if he's still in your draft around round 10 or 11, you need to snag up Cam Newton because I'd rather take a flyer on him being a true QB one type guy than to take a flyer on someone who might be a backup running back the entire year. 22 is Trey Lance. Very similar, but this one is more of how long does Jimmy Garoppolo start? He's going to start the season. If Jimmy Garoppolo starts for an extended period of time, this suppresses Trey Lance's season long value. But again, you're taking a flyer on him that 12th, 13th round. You're taking a flyer on Trey Lance because he does have talent and it is an excellent offensive design. Number 23 is Tua Tagovailoa. I have faith that Tua will be a good NFL quarterback. I think last year was just injury concerns, situation with him, getting over that mental hurdle and also adjusting to the NFL game. I think he'll do it and they put more weapons around him. So Tua is a guy who I have some confidence in him having a a semi-breakout year. Now this is tier five. These are not bad quarterbacks by any means. Some of these guys, it is just because they have limited upside uh, as concerned or they're so inconsistent where I can't really do much with them. So number 24 on this list, I think this guy wins the the QB1 position in Denver and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's never been a huge fantasy quarterback value, but he is really valuable in a two quarterback league because he won't have a he will have a high enough floor to give you value. So he's a guy who he'll be a good bye week fill in. He'll be a good guy in two quarterback leagues, but he doesn't put up massive numbers. And I don't think Fangio is looking for that anyway. 
Number 25 is Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill has value. Taysom Hill may even get another positional tag if he's not the starter. Remember, he had a tight end tag last year, so you're able to use him there. It will depend. So I would take Taysom Hill here because he gives you more upside value, whether it's Jameis going down with injury, Jameis having some sort of reversion, which I don't expect to, you know, throwing a lot of picks. Again, I don't expect that. But if he gets that positional tag change, this is a good guy to take as a late round flyer because then you can start using him as a tight end. And we know how thin that position has been of late. My number 26 guy is Zach Wilson. Part of this is that Jets team seems to be kind of snake bitten. Uh, part of it is they're playing against some really good defenses, two times against the Patriots, two times against the Bills, two times against the Dolphins, and that's just in their own division. And I think Zach Wilson's talented, but I don't know what Zach Wilson is on an NFL level yet. Again, we've just watched preseason. He's looked really good. He's got the talent, but let's see what Zach Wilson actually does when the bullets start to fly. Number 27 is Daniel Jones. All right, number 28 is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz will be in an offense that kind of suppresses what he does from a fantasy perspective, but it also will probably keep him in a range of not being a, a total bust because they won't put everything on his shoulders like what was done sometimes in uh, Philly. Number 29, Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's biggest holdback is the fact that he is no longer Big Ben. He doesn't take off and run. He gets you no value there. They're going to try to run the ball more to take things off of his shoulders. And even though he's talented himself from a perspective of being a veteran quarterback, his physical standpoint will not get you high weak value. He'll be more helter skelter than some guys in this range, just because if they're up, they're not going to have him throw a ball a lot. And if they're down, I don't know how he'll be throwing the ball down the field. Uh, hopefully for him and his receivers, it's well. My number 30 guy, Sam Darnold. This one is intriguing because I think they're going to try to force Sam Darnold to be that big time quarterback. And until Sam Darnold gets the turnover bug off his back, remember, we talk about Jameis Winston. Sam Darnold was a turnover machine in college as well, has been in the NFL. So why would I expect that that would change just because of a new setting? I don't see that changing much. So Sam Darnold's down here. Number 31, Baker Mayfield. This is actually less. Baker Mayfield than it is just a design. They want to run the ball. They want to do play action off of it. And I think with that defense being bulked up this year, they're not going to have to score nearly as many points. I should think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than number 31. But the design of fantasy football is, do you produce fantasy points? This offense is not designed for him to do so. Number 32, Jared Goff. I think Detroit tries to just kind of suppress what they do um, and not throw the ball as much. Uh, probably ground and pound. Number 33 is Tyrod Taylor. I actually think Tyrod is better than the 33rd ranked quarterback, but at the end of the day, the reason that he's ranked 33rd is uncertainty with Houston's former quarterback, Deshaun Watson, uncertainty with how the offense is going to look. I think they'll be more run heavy than anything. Tyrod will not be a guy that will win you weeks, but he is, if he's a quarterback, a guy that will not lose you weeks. That's a tier five guy, in my opinion, in fantasy football. So those are the quarterbacks. The other positions I'm going to go less in depth. And what I'll do is I will give you the guys that are in the top few tiers and kind of discuss quickly with the running backs, the receivers and the tight ends, what you're looking for when you're drafting. So with the running backs, whether you're in a PPR league, half PPR league, or what was quote unquote a standard league, which no value for getting a reception of any type. You want a running back that's going to get consistent numbers, consistent carries, consistent, pretty much what I call consistent opportunity to be successful. So for me, there's only six guys in tier one, and they're as follows. Christian McCaffrey, he is the number one uh, number one running back in fantasy football. This is a guy that's going to get all the opportunities, and until last year, I don't think he was really hurt in the NFL ever, and I don't remember much of him being hurt in college either, so... There's a guy that you want to put in there. They're going to uh, make sure Christian McCaffrey's given every opportunity to be successful. Number two is Dalvin Cook. We know what he can do, and that offense is still looking to run the ball heavy. My number three guy is Alvin Kamara. He is going to be in this offense with Jameis Winston now being the quarterback. Less checkdowns, but he'll also have more running lanes because there'll be less suppression 
in that particular offense since defenses can't sit with inside of 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Number four is Derrick Henry. Until Derrick Henry stops being a go-bot, he's going to be in the top five or six of running backs, period, even without the receiving value. Number five is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. This guy gets back to good. People forget. They say he's washed. But last year when Dak was there, I think he was a number three running back in fantasy. Dak leaves. They're playing with Ben DiNucci and all these other guys. And the offensive line had issues. What running back, not named maybe Derrick Henry, does well with that? I don't even think he would. So I expect Zeke to get back to good. Number six is Nick Chubb. Again, barring injury, Nick Chubb will have the opportunity to be a quote-unquote lesser version of a Derrick Henry. They're going to run the ball heavy. He takes lanes very well. Great top top end speed. So I expect Nick Chubb in this offense to really eat this particular season. And rounding out the tier one is Saquon Barkley. This is going to be a guy who, if he's able to stay on the field, he has number one overall running back talent. I expect any of these guys to have an opportunity to be the final overall number one running back just because of opportunity and also because of their talent being combined. So like I said, we're going to do tier two. These are guys that I think they surefire their number one running back on their team and they give you an opportunity for success each week. And then we'll just kind of go on to the receivers, tier one and tier two, and then the tight ends. That way we don't go through every one, every player. And then we'll kind of go through the structure of how to draft. So tier two running backs. We're going to go here. We're going to have Austin Eckler. Eckler is going to be apparently used kind of like Christian McCaffrey was, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. So while I expect him to get a lot of volume, I've had I've seen injury concerns and injury issues with Austin Eckler while he's gotten volume. And again, we don't know how he's going to be utilized yet. We have to see it to believe it. Aaron Jones is my number nine running back. Aaron Jones will still get opportunities. He'll still be the, the tailback one in that scheme in Green Bay. But I think they're going to use A.J. Dillon more than they have, kind of like they used Jamal Williams more than they might should have in past years just to kind of save Aaron Jones' value. Jonathan Taylor's number 10. He doesn't have much value in the passing game, and that's been something he's going to work on. He reminds me a lot of a guy like Melvin Gordon, where it's not a strength, but he's it's something he can do. Uh, but in this offense, especially having back Quentin Nelson, he's going to get opportunities to run. He's not going to have every carry, as they're probably going to give some to Marlon Mack. That's why he's number 10 and not a little higher in this particular situation. Number 11 is Antonio Gibson. He put some odd stat out that I think is super interesting. A guy that played receiver in college along with running back wasn't used on third downs. I think he was used on less third downs than Amir Abdullah last year. I heard that stat somewhere. And that's insane to me. But I think they use him more on third downs this year. I think part of that was pass pro and making sure that he knew exactly what to do. A lot of young running backs go through that. I think he gets utilized more on third down. I think that he gets more carries this year, but I have to see it to believe it with him. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is number 12 on this list. I think that he's going to go through and get rid of those growing pains that everyone said that he was a bust on last year. Remember, no offseason, play for Andy Reid. Andy Reid is one of those coaches that needs you to do exactly what he needs you to do, and Edwards Hilaire wasn't able to do that as a rookie. So I think year two, he'll be fine. Number 13 is Najee Harris. This is a guy who will get every opportunity to be successful because they need a running back to work. Number 14 is Joe Mixon. This is actually less Joe Mixon and more that offense. Still don't trust that line yet. Still don't really trust the coaching staff with all due respect to be good at getting him the ball. So Joe Mixon is number 14. He could be higher because this offense should give him an opportunity for success that it has not in the past. Number 15 is DeAndre Swift. Whether or not they want to make him the running back one, his talent's going to show through. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to appreciate that this dude knows how to run the ball. His talent is too great for them not to give him carries. And even with limited carries, let's say 14 to 16 a game instead of 20, I think 14 carries, this dude can still produce a 100-yard, two-touchdown game because he's that good. Number 16 is Miles Sanders. I need Miles Sanders to consistently be on the field. I need Miles Sanders to consistently show that talent. And that's been his biggest issue is inconsistency. So that's why he's 16. Also, that's a crowded backfield. And I don't know how it's going to shake out as far as carries go, but he should be the top guy. Number 17 is Damian Harris. 
no matter who's the quarterback, Damian Harris is going to get carries. The difference is if it's Mac Jones, I think he'll get the goal line work. If it's Cam Newton, I think he gets less goal line work. So this is a hedge between the two, uh, considering what's going on there in New England right now. That's why he's 17. Number 18 is James Robinson. Unfortunately, we had an injury to Travis Etienne. And super unfortunate. I expected good things out of him. No one wants a young player to get injured, but this gives James Robinson the opportunity to be the running back one without much competition. Uh, So he's running back 18. Running back 19, J.K. Dobbins. Number one running back in this backfield, but Gus Edwards is still going to get carries. So J.K. Dobbins is here, plus he won't get the goal line work. That's going to go to to Gus Edwards and then Lamar on reads and whatnot. So that's why he's number 19. 20 is Josh Jacobs. It's kind of falling out of favor. They did pick up King and Drake, but I'll say this. Whether it's a split situation or whatnot, I don't really expect that. I expect it to be more of a 65-35 between him and Drake. 65% of an offense that wants to run the ball and a guy that runs tough will generally give you the opportunity to have some good fantasy value. I think he's still going to be fine. That's why he's running back 20. And then rounding out tier two at running back number 21 is Chris Carson. Carson won't get as much opportunity this year, but what I think he'll get is touchdown equity because if they do get in the red zone, I do expect them to run a ball a little bit more inside the five-yard line. And Chris Carson will be the beneficiary of that. He'll be a guy that has something like 895 yards rushing, but has 10 touchdowns this upcoming season, which still gets you pretty solid value week in and week out. So those are the tier one and tier two running backs. Um, The rest of the guys, again, tier one, those are guys that I think they're weekly staples for you. If you're able to get one high in your draft, you're looking pretty. Tier two, these are guys that I think are consistent. They're going to have high floors because they'll get opportunity, but I don't think that they'll ever really break out to being that tier one guy for you this year just because their team isn't set up for them to be that guy. All right, so the wide receivers that are tiered up. So the tiers for wide receivers, tier one are going to be guys that I honestly think have a chance to be the number one overall receiver, uh, and they've either in the past shown it or they're trending towards that direction. Tier two are guys that I think their talent either supersedes things and they honestly have a chance to jump to tier one. They're situation where they'll be peppered with the ball is that or just in general they're they're guys who i think are the number one target on their particular team so tier one in the overall running uh wide receiver position and the number one wide receiver is gonna be Devonte adams listen he's Devonte adams aaron Rodgers is back enough said number two is tyree kill tyree kill in that offense he's a burner Probably not going to get as many targets as some of these other guys, but he doesn't need them. Number three, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was a tier one wide receiver with Julio Jones on the team. The only thing that might change is he's going to probably draw the number one uh, cornerback uh, assignment, but they move them all around, including into the slot. I don't think that'll be much of concern. He'll get peppered with targets this upcoming season. Number four is Stefan Diggs. Number one guy on a team that, honestly, I think they had a game last year where they ran the ball like seven times or something like that. They they want to pass. They want to show off Josh Allen's arm. Stephon Diggs is really, really good. So he'll be the beneficiary of that, and that's why I'm at number four. Number five is DK Metcalf. Listen, he's not going to get as many targets as some of these other guys, but I think he could probably lead the NFL in touchdowns this year because early on he was trending that way. He was on pace for like 19 or 20 touchdowns in a season. And then I think around week nine or so, that offense just fell off from a pass game perspective. And he got some tough matchups like Jalen Ramsey. Um, that's why I'm at number five. But I honestly think he could lead the NFL in touchdown receptions this year, just based off his talent and speed. And then rounding out tier one, DeAndre Hopkins. Of course he's here. Even if he didn't have his normal numbers from Houston last season, DeAndre Hopkins is still DeAndre Hopkins until he's not DeAndre Hopkins. So here are my tier two guys. Justin Jefferson is number seven. Justin Jefferson broke out last year. Now you know how good that LFU offense was considering he was the number two guy on that offense and you saw how he destroyed the NFL last year. I don't see that discontinuing unless something crazy happens. Justin Jefferson should be a top 10 type receiver. 
C.D. Lamb is my number eight guy here. He was the number one guy at one point with Dak Prescott, and then I think not much changed, even though Amari Cooper is looked at as the number one guy. I think he's kind of inconsistent, but C.D. Lamb is not. He wasn't inconsistent in college. I don't expect it in the NFL either. Number nine is Allen Robinson. So we're going to give Allen Robinson a better quarterback option than what he's had at virtually any point in his college or NFL life, to be honest. With the Christian Hackenberg, Mr. Trubisky, who balled out last preseason game, good for him. Or, you know, whoever. Just, oh, just, it, it's, it's not been great for him. Blake Bortles. This guy played with Blake Bortles and still put up numbers. So I expect him to still be a top 10 wide receiver now that he has a Justin Fields whenever he actually gets on the field. Even Andy Dalton is fairly, he's pretty competent. So Allen Robinson should eat this year. My number 10 receiver is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has never been the big play guy, but he's Mr. Reliable. He'll get peppered with targets and he's going to get open. That's what he does. Puts his foot in the ground and he gets open. A.J. Brown is my number 11 receiver. You know, with Julio on the team, some people think that it might affect his targets. Honestly, he doesn't need you a lot of targets to get value. In fact, that's not what he's done in the past. He's taken and maximized every target he's gotten. I think it'll just get a little easier now that Julio's on the team, to be candid. Number 12 is Terry McLaurin. You know, we've talked about the negatives of the past quarterbacks he's played with. I think part of that was also just organizational issues, and some of those are getting cleared up right now. They're going to try to throw the ball more with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this guy ate even when they didn't know what they were doing with the passing game and not utilizing properly guys like Dwayne Haskins back there. 13 is Mike Evans. I think this is a bit of a hedge for me because, honestly, this Bucks passing game is going to start to come and kind of go to the mean with these receivers. You're going to have three receivers who will get targets, three receivers who will probably have uh, good seasons. And honestly, there's an opportunity for three different guys to be number one on this team in different weeks at the wide receiver position. Evans is just a guy that has probably the most touchdown equity given his size and his ability to adjust to the ball. Number 14 on my list is Robert Woods. This dude has always been good. Now he gets a better quarterback than he had prior. Let's see how he works. I think he'll be completely fine. One of those precision route runners. Robert Woods should work out. Brandon Cooks is my number 15 guy. I don't know why people consistently sleep on Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks is, whenever he's on the field, which is pretty decent amount of time, uh, a good receiver. Honestly, I think he was a better option to have kept on the Saints than Michael Thomas if Drew Brees could still throw the deep ball, which he couldn't, but that's just me. So Brandon Cooks is my number 15 wide receiver. Number 16 is Tyler Lockett. This is based on season-long points. You just the problem with Lockett is you don't know when you're going to get him, but because he could have a big week for you, you got to put him on a team. I just would bring him further down the list, get him in that fifth to sixth, maybe even seventh round range, then to get him higher. Number 17 is Amari Cooper. Again, we discussed this, right? Amari Cooper is one of those guys who the consistency hasn't been there, but by the end of the season, you look up and he's like wide receiver 13. So I expect that to be the same deal this year. Just know what you're getting with Cooper that you can't trust him week in and week out. Number 18 is DJ Moore. This is less more and more of Sam Darnold. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Sam Darnold. What I do know is DJ Moore will get targets. He's been a target monster since he got in the NFL. I don't expect that in particular to change. It's just maybe those targets don't go exactly where they should to him um, every week. So that's why DJ Moore is number 18. He could be higher. Number 19 is Adam Thielen. So other notice, Adam Thielen is still a really good NFL receiver who does exceptionally well in the red zone because he's one of the better receivers in the NFL with body control and adjusting to the ball. I don't expect that to change, but he's not as good and talented, I should say, as a Justin Jefferson. That's why he's the second receiver from Minnesota on this list at number 19. 20 is Julio Jones. He's going to get less volume than he got in Atlanta. He might get more touchdown equity, but at the end of the day, he's still Julio Jones. He's still a top 20 wide receiver from a fantasy perspective, even in this situation. And he's still a top five to seven at worst wide receiver in the NFL just overall. Number 21 is Kenny Galladay. Galladay's been a beast. Problem is, you don't know when he's going to be on the field. And also, Daniel Jones is quarterback. It's not shade. It's just accuracy. Daniel Jones has not been the guy that we 
or some I should say expected him to be. So this is why Kenny Galladay is at 21. 22 is going to be Chris Godwin. We talked about it earlier. This is a team that we don't know whether or not the number one receiver will be Mike Evans or Godwin or Antonio Brown, who's lower on the list, but not much lower. So that's why he's at 22. I still expect him to have a really good season in a vertical offense. Number 23 is Mike Thomas. Michael Thomas. He's Michael Thomas. If he was slated to start week one, he would probably be in the top 10 to 12 on this list, but he's not. So 23 is a good place to get him. You can probably get a steal here for a guy who will come around on the back end and probably have a really good run for your playoff run uh, if you're able to sustain without him the first several weeks of the year. Deontay Johnson is going to be number 24. Been a target monster. I expect him to continue to be a target monster. It's just whether or not he can produce a lot of touchdowns given the schematic change where they're going to try to run the ball more with Najee Harris. And then number 25 and rounding out tier two is a guy who I keep having hope for. Again, that offense doesn't dictate that it's going to pass the ball a lot, but Odell Beckham Jr. Tell Odell Beckham Jr. is not as good as he is. I can't, (laughs) just can't believe that he doesn't have the opportunity to be a top 10 type receiver. Again, that's that offense that'll hold him back more than anything. And I think Baker will be a better version of Baker as a passer this year with Odell Beckham. So with the tight ends, I'll do three of the tiers um, and get you to 15 again in this one. It's going to be tier one. These are the guys that are set it and forget it. You can put them in your lineup every week and they'll probably have a chance to be tight end one. Tight end two, tier two. These are going to be guys that will probably be very reliable. They may have some some dud games, but I think that they're reliable enough where you won't have to go fishing on the waiver wire. They're their clear number one tight end on their team. And then number three or tier three, these are guys that they have some limitations based on either their offense the fact that they will share time at the tight end position or just some inconsistency at the quarterback position. So tier one is going to be Travis Kelsey at number one. We know where Travis Kelsey is, so I can just move on to number two. Darren Waller is my number two. Major driver outside of his talent. He's the number one target on that roster. Catching passes. So he's going to get peppered, probably have 13, 1400 yards receiving this year. George Kittle is my number three guy. Kittle's biggest concern has always been injuries. Kittle, honestly, he could be tight end one, but I just don't know whether or not Kittle will be on the field and also don't know what's going on with that quarterback position, but you can guarantee start him every week that he's healthy. So that's the, the first tier of tight ends. My tier two of tight ends, I'll start off with Mark Andrews. Because of the benefit of no longer having such a consolidated dense offense of just having in breaking routes and, and middle of the field passes. I think Mark Andrews will get a bump this year back to what he was two years ago. And that will be very helpful for his fantasy numbers. That's why he's number four. TJ Hawkinson is number five. Reason being is he's going to be the number one target on his team. Jared Goff will look for him quite a bit. And the team has to justify picking him in the top 10. Tight end six is Kyle Pitts. You know, rookie tight ends don't usually work out, but to be candid, I don't care. I don't care what the numbers say from the perspective that who said they're going to just use him as a tight end. I expect him to be split out wide. I expect them to use him as an X sometimes just because, just because they can. And that will be a benefit to him on those smaller corners, especially on, you know, spray fade and things like that when they're close to the goal line. Number seven is going to be Noah Fant. I think he was the better option coming out of Iowa. No shade to Hawkinson because I think he was really good as well. But Noah Fant has more physical ability, and now he has a quarterback that can put the ball right where they need to. His other issue is also injuries. So if he can stay healthy, Noah Fant has a chance to make that Darren Waller type jump. He has that type of physical ability. Maybe not as good physical ability, but really good physical ability for a tight end. And then rounding out my tier two guys, it's Logan Thomas. I think he was the number one tight end coming out of high school but he was just that good as a quarterback that he could play quarterback. So now he's now a tight end in the NFL. You know, things didn't work out at quarterback for him. And I think that he's got, he got his feet wet last year. He was still able to be successful, uh, even with Alex Smith not being able to push the ball down the field last year. Fitzpatrick, even if he's not consistent, will push the ball down the field. Come heck or high water, or hell or high water, however you want to put it. So those are my t- uh, tier two tight ends.
Tier three, like I said, these are going to be guys that, again, they have some limitations, whether it's based off schematics, their quarterback, or just them not being at their physical peak anymore. So it's going to be number nine, Janu Smith. Janu Smith is a beast. I mean, they gave him money for a reason. He's got talent. Uh, I think he's going to be utilized quite well this upcoming uh, year. But with the the Hunter Henry presence, who's going to come off the field in certain positions and situations if they do go with uh, just a single tight end uh, and, and uh, some of their their schemes? But I do expect Johnny Smith the ball out. Tyler Higby is number 10 on my list. Higby is a guy who now doesn't have Gerald Everett there. Gerald Everett not being there means he's the tight end one. He's going to get opportunities. It's just I don't know how they're going to utilize him from a touchdown perspective. Will he get those opportunities that some people get? Number 11 is Dallas Goddard. He's got the talent. We know he has the talent, but here's the thing. How do they split that up? I know Zach Ertz has been utilized the way that he wants to be. He wants to get paid, but he's still a good option. So does Dallas Goddard get enough targets to justify being higher? I'm not certain yet. My tight end 12 is actually going to be Herb Smith at tight end 12. Herb Smith had a lot of talent coming out of Florida State. Part of the thing hindering him and holding him back was the presence of, excuse me, uh, good goodness, I can't think of his name right now, so let's just move on. But Herb Smith is now going to have the option of being the two, true tight end number one. He's going to be that guy that will get the benefit of having those receivers on the outside and a run game. So he'll probably have some touchdown equity that he didn't have in the past. Number 13 is going to be Evan Ingram. Ingram's been inconsistent and he has an inconsistent quarterback. I don't know what to do with that. I'm going to bank on talent here that he has an opportunity to shine. But at the end of the day, I can't really truly depend on him like I would like to. Number 14 is Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski is... He kind of played well last year coming out of retirement. But now, you know, they're going to have back O.J. Howard. They're going to have back Cam Brate. How often does Gronk get the ball? I think he'll probably get some gimme touchdowns because Brady will want his boy to get some gimme touchdowns. But I don't expect Rob Gronkowski to come out and beat Gronk this year. Uh, but he'll probably be a fairly dependable tight end at a position that usually doesn't have as much value. And Adam Troutman was actually on this list as well. He suffered an injury until we know the severity and how long he's going to be out. I couldn't put him in this tier. I had to drop him down, but I just wanted to give him an honorable mention because he was here until the Monday Night Football injury. So those are the rankings on all the positions, giving you all the quarterback rankings, the tier one, uh, tier one and two for the running backs and receivers and tier one, two and three for tight ends. Now I want to go over just a bit of draft strategy for you just to kind of give you a heads up. People say, hey, you need to go grab running backs early. You need to do this, do that. Here's what I say. You can't miss early. Period. I would rather grab, and I'm just giving you an example, right? People say, oh, well, you can't take too many. You got to take a running back early. What if you're sitting there and everyone's taking a running back and you're at, let's say, pick 11, right? You're at pick 11 and everyone's taking running backs. You're like, all right. Damn, Devontae Adams is still there. Do I want to take a Devontae Adams or Antonio Gibson? You know, I'm going to take Devontae Adams. All right. And then Antonio Gibson goes, and now Joe Mixon goes. So now you have all these guys gone, and guess who's still sitting there? Tyree Kill or Calvin Ridley? I'm going to take, with all due respect, Tyree Kill or Calvin Ridley over Miles Sanders or Joe Mixon because I don't know how those offenses are going to use use them. I know Tyree Kill is a beast, and I know Calvin Ridley's getting peppered. So then it comes back to the 11th pick in the third round, and because we've gone so heavy, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'm deciding between the Chris Carsons of the world, or I could draft C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson. Both of those guys are there. I'm taking them. Here's why. The draft doesn't end what's going to go on for your season. The draft is just giving you a good beginning where you stack enough talent to not miss. From that point, you can make trades happen. If someone had a poor draft where they drafted all these running backs and after one week, 
you might not have the best running back setup. Let's say you have the following. You have starting as your running backs. You have David Montgomery and let's just say for and giggles, um, Melvin Gordon. So you have those two and they're day one starting running backs and they have decent value. So you, you look over and someone has no wide receivers and by like, let's say week three or four, they're losing, you're winning. It's not wrong with packaging a David Montgomery and let's say that, that CD lamb and getting back someone who's tier one, getting back a Nick Chubb. Now you have two elite wide receivers and an elite running back because you were able to package things in a trade. So my advice when you draft, you can have a strategy where you try to go after running back, but always look for actual overall value. Always look for the better player, especially if it's a wide gap between the two, because you don't go wrong drafting talent if it's available. You can always trade and you can always make up. My next piece of advice, know your league, know how people draft. So basically, if I live in Tampa, Florida, if I'm in a league with people from Tampa, I know that Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially after winning the Super Bowl, will go very early. If there's a Buck player that I want, I'm probably going to have to jump for him. So maybe I know that I'm not going to get Bucks players that year. Or I know that commonly people in my league may think of quarterback as not a as a as a position to be reserved on gotcha so if that's the case here's what i do i kind of wait till that run starts and i see what my position is if i'm the person picking third in the league and we get in the fifth round and i see the person that pick one take a quarterback and pick two i know that run is coming so i need to pick a quarterback because by the time it gets back to me the first couple of tiers of quarterbacks will probably be gone so know your league know how people draft in your league and use that as a catalyst for your decision-making, especially after the first uh, three rounds. The first three rounds are where you make your hay. After that, it's how do things fall? Always in the first three rounds, take the best possible player, no matter what, and then use your knowledge of your league as that secondary thing in the next few rounds. My third piece of advice, take flyers, it's fine. What I mean by that is in the double digit rounds, take flyers. You know, people start to take people that have very little, quote unquote, uh, value in certain rounds. So I'll give you an example. It's the 10th round. Should I take Gus Edwards or should I take, let's say, you know, Ramondre Stevenson? Now, here's why I wouldn't take Gus Edwards. Honestly, even if something happened to J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards is not going to have any receiving value. Honestly, I don't think that his numbers get big, big up enough to actually support it. But I know what could happen is if Ramondre Stevenson is the new running back in New England, they're going to run the ball more often. They might even use him in the pass game a little bit. You want to take flyers on younger guys that aren't that have the possibility of having really high ceilings. Taking a guy like Jalen Waddle, I'd rather take him over taking a guy like, uh, again, I'm not trying to pick on Gus Edwards, but a Gus Edwards or David Johnson, and especially over a guy like, let's say, James White or or Tariq Cohen, just because their roles on their teams are so limited. So you want to take flyers on guys in those later rounds that could probably pop. I know a lot of people who took Cam Akers, you know, in the 10th, 11th, 12th round last year that was super happy come their playoff run because they took a flyer on them. So take flyers on guys with high upside. And then my fourth thing, to be honest, to be super honest, the draft does not mean as much as people think. The draft is fun. The draft is like, it's like playing a slot machine. It is something that has value in that moment. Your league is not going to be won on your draft night unless you hit everything. But the likelihood of you hitting everything everything is low even if you're even if you're highly intelligent and you do this well injuries things like that always keep this in mind your draft is just that have fun with it draft players that you like try to be smart with it but understand that your league is not one because you drafted well it's one because you use what you drafted 
and you made pivots to make your team better throughout the season. The owners that win leagues, I'm not going to say that they don't win the draft, but what they doggone sure win or damn sure win is the rest of the season, making good trades, utilizing the waiver wire properly. That's how you do it. That's how you win your league. So don't put too much pressure on your draft. You want to take it seriously, but if you have a quote-unquote bad draft, don't feel bad about it. Make things happen during the season to make up for that. I haven't won every league I've ever been in. I haven't come close, but guess what I haven't done? Had a losing record in the last six years. That's just it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you have to manage your team throughout the season so that you have an opportunity to get to the playoffs, to then win. Because you don't win that, you don't get to playoffs on draft night. It's just not true. So, those are my pieces of advice. Those are my early rankings. Like I said, this is the first fantasy show of the year. We're going to do these on Fridays. That's when they'll be released. We're going to have the other shows that will come out on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Again, just to give you a reminder, we'll have week side Wednesdays. Again, that's wrapping up what happened the prior uh, week's games, my takeaways, uh, things like that. Turf Talk Thursdays, I'll discuss the upcoming games for the week. Also, fantasy coverage of the Thursday night football game. And I'll even give you some tips and tricks on uh, putting down a little little money if you, if you like doing that. Won't do that a lot, but I'll give you a few things that stand out to me. Uh, and bring them up on that show. And then Fridays will be Fantasy Football Fridays. We'll be discussing all the rest of the upcoming games. I'll give you my full breakdown rankings. I'll go game by game and basically just kind of tell you what to look for, the players to play, the players to stay away from, things like that. So I hope you liked the show. It might have been all over the place, but guess what? It'll only get better. At least I have my fingers crossed. So I appreciate some feedback. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm CJFlorida9 on Twitter. That's CJ Florida, the whole state, and then the number nine on Twitter. You know, if you want to look for me on Instagram, you can as well, but Twitter's probably the best follow uh, for football-related content. Part of the football game plan network and that umbrella. So you can probably find me on some of those properties as well. And at the end of the day, let's just have fun. Because fantasy football, honestly, the first portion of it is the word fantasy. Fantasy is supposed to be fantastic, fantastical. You're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to immerse yourself. So enjoy your time playing this this game. Um, Take it seriously, but not so seriously where it's a detriment to you and other portions of your life, whether it's just being stressed over it. Don't do that. Have fun with it. Enjoy time with your friends or whoever you're playing with. And at the end of the day, Just be glad that we have football back. All right. So this is Chris James, a.k.a. CJ, signing off. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you give it a listen next week. Take care. Bye-bye.